guys can hear me. Uh, we are going live from the event and my wife's book signing. So we go, we go live remote. It has been ridiculous to try to do this. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't want to leave you guys hanging. So we thought, okay, we'll put up on the normal means. And if I'm able to get my phone to connect and walk over the room, um, get some some interviews and kind of promote the event as well. But uh, my wife is doing a book signing here. Uh, we've had a ton of people that have asked for the signing today. Um, we didn't get to catch that because it was at 4 or 6 30. I know we're coming on a little bit earlier, but what can we do? The event was now. We wanted to, um, yeah, we wanted to kind of highlight not only her book signing, but also uh, the event itself at the museum, and uh, kind of bring you guys into some individuals who are proud of their Asian heritage and are, you know, promoting and showing the love. So, definitely, it's not Asian. I know. It is a different day. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But if you guys want to take a look. How are you? Sorry. Oh, no, you're not. You look beautiful. Thank you. Where's your... The oldest one. Max didn't come. No, he had too much hair. Oh, don't worry. Yes. Oh, that's nice. Have you ever met my husband? No, I've seen Marcelo. You've you probably know. seen it all. Yeah. Hi, I'm Denise. Marcelo, how are you? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs>
Technical difficulties. Yes. The museum is. Yes. Everyone's using Wi-Fi. Yeah. Um, but I just want to give you guys a glimpse of um, the turnout. There's still people coming in um, But good turnout for a worthy event. And uh, I think we're going to broadcast some of the, the, the festivities and speakers. Um, I wanted to get some shots of people of my wife doing the actual thing. So, you know, we kind of started to get it. Let me try to see if we can get it on the on here. So, you go ahead and keep talking. Yeah, but um, guys, be prepared. Like I said, next week is like the, the relaunch of Lazy Soul Podcast. So, we will. Um, have our guests back on small business owners, role models. Um, we will have a little bit more in-depth uh, schedule as far as our podcasts concerned, and a little bit of surprises. As well. So uh, please stay tuned. We'll be sending some videos and some promos on social media as far as Facebook is concerned as well. So, um, like I said, sit back, um, enjoy the Asian Museum event, um, listen to what they're saying, and kind of take that in, and uh, be a part of this show. Uh, I'm going to walk around and do a little bit of spectating on my own while my wife sits here and kind of man's her station. And uh, I just uh, enjoy. We prepare for next week and we're back to our regular programming. But we thought that because we did so much with Asian and poetry, that something that is pertaining to the culture and people spent uh, their money and time, you know, manpower and energy, that we should uh, give you guys a glimpse of this. That way, take pictures. Can you move? Or is it, will it let you? Like, turn that. that way. Oh, well, you just have to flip it, I guess. So that if you want to see that way. I don't know what she's talking about, so I'm going to. <laughs> All right, so we will be. Oh, could be your Wi Fi. Yeah, so we're at the museum and. We are waiting for the performance to begin in about five minutes. So hang in there with us and we will begin shortly. All right, it's not working. 
starts then we will um, you should be able to hear and I will turn it around so you can see the performance and everything that's going on so hang tight Oh, I meant to grab it. I completely forgot. 
and I'm uh, here with my colleague, uh, Ana Maria Moro, uh, and uh, together we are two fifths of the Gilboard Libraries Pandemic Assistance Team. And, uh, you know, basically our job is to help people in the community with uh, any type of, you know, needs or hardships that they may have uh, due to the uh, COVID pandemic. So um, a few things that we do uh, primarily um, help people, you know, find where they get the vaccine and make appointments if they need help. We uh, help organize vaccine clinics and then uh, we try to um, help connect people in the community to uh, resources for um, rental, mortgage, and utility assistance to uh, name a few things. So, um, you know, we'll be out here tonight. We have our table set up. So if there's anything we can help you with or you just want uh, more information, uh, please feel free to stop by and talk to us. Um, you know, we have flyers, so if you want to take a flyer and call us at another time, or if you know anybody who, you know, you know needs some help and you want to pass along their flyer, or you have, you know, a business or organization you want to take some flyers to, uh, please feel free to uh, stop by and talk to us. Um, we also have a table um, in the Warren Library in the lobby that we staff uh, from Monday to Friday uh, from 1 to 5. Um, so thank you for listening. Thank you to Liz and Kat for uh, having us here. And uh, I think this is going to be one of the uh, more fun events. That mm -hmm. <laughs> Thanks again for having us. Thank you for the food. Um, and we hope to, uh, to talk to you later. <laughs>
remember me. Um, <laughs> I need to know about my history because my husband has to write a book report for his college project. And so James said, it's so great to hear from you. I'm going to dig into my attic and I'm going to find the articles of information that might be of interest to you. So Jane went to dig in, she went into her attic, and um, a few, uh, next week uh, I received this packet of information, and I just, little by little, I pulled out little pieces of articles and newspaper clippings, and I just sat there and bawled my eyes out. It was like I was reading from someone else, from, I was just, like someone else from the movies. I'm like, are you serious? Like, this is me? This is, I'm reading about myself. I was born homeless. I have no birth certificate. Like, this is me. I could not believe it. But this explains why I have no birth certificate. This explains why my parents were so strict. This explains why, as a loud refugee, I was raised the way that I was. Because my parents are from another country. They didn't know how to raise a child in America the way they did the best that they can. Why we were so poor, why all the things happened. And so everything at that moment of reading these paper articles, my whole entire life did a 360. And I was just like, oh my goodness. Wow. It was just such an awe feeling. Like, wow, this is exactly why I am who I am and why everything happened the way that it did. So Dad comes over. I said, Dad. We need to have a talk. We need to sit down. Let's have a talk. You're getting older. You need to tell me what is going on. How do we get here and why? I want to hear from you. So I turned on the recorder um, on my phone and I said, I said, Dad, I'm going to record you. And my father, for two hours, he went through this long history of everything post-war, when the American troops pulled out, his uh, being held captive, he has, still has rope scars on his wrist. And, and I had no idea. And the world has no idea what we as Laotian refugees went through. And it's, you know, you guys, like, this is so meaningful what you're doing today because Elgin was my home. This was my home. Like, we came here. I was that little barefooted child running around, you know. So when you do stuff for refugees and when you do stuff, like, for me and for, you know, the people that are with you, like, that means so much to us because you gave us, you gave us life. You gave us a dream. You know, you allowed us to, to be, you know, you were that pillar to help us get to where we were. So at that very moment of realizing everything my parents went through to get here, I made it my mission now. I made it my mission to give back, to learn as much as I can about our culture, about our community, and to give back. And right now, um, my husband and I, we own a marketing company here in Elgin, which launched right during the pandemic. So, but we, fortunately, it's an online marketing company. It's online business however um you know aside from that everything that i do is intentional my office is in elgin i give back whenever i can right now i work for two nonprofit organizations that um i was I'm funded through the retirement foundation to help out with 
to nonprofit organizations in order to give back to the refugees, the immigrants, and nonprofit um, uh, and that low income in our community. So everything that I do not, because of what I found about our history and just knowing that and knowing that you guys put our history here so that our children and our children's children can know where we came from, can know the, the struggles that we, we've been through, it just means a lot to me. So with that, I just truly want to thank you. But I, I journal all of my experience of growing up and um, learning about my identity. You know, growing up, I didn't know, growing up, I was too Asian for Americans because, you know, you were, I had the hand-me-down clothes, I was poor, I was being like attacked, racism. My childhood friend Madeline is here with me from grade school, elementary school. So she's, I mean, she was around at that time. And during elementary school, she may not have realized this, but I was bullied every single day. I hated recess. Chinese, Japanese, look at these. I hated recess. And even my teacher, I won't say her name because I know there's some uh, U46 teachers in here. I just met one. So I won't tell you who said this to me. But here we are 30, 40 years later. I still remember this very day this teacher, U46 teacher, said this to me. She told, she yelled at me and said, you don't deserve this country. And I went home and I said, Dad, this teacher told me I didn't deserve this country. The way that my father explained racism, honey, some Americans, they like us, they love us. However, there are some that just don't like us because we have black hair. <laughs> we have dark hair, so I sort of some, you know, putting sun in my hair. Well, people don't like me now. But, you know, every day it was a struggle. I was struggling with my identity. I was struggling with who I am, why I couldn't do everything that my American friends could do. Why we couldn't go to the movies, why we couldn't go to school basketball or football, you know, things like that. And as I got older, I started becoming more and more Americanized. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it was almost like I was too American for my Asian culture. So certain people in my community started to bully me. Now it's the bullies coming from the other side. So I was too Asian for the American. So I, I started to struggle with my identity. It wasn't everybody, because as you know, Lao, our Lao community is the most loving community that I have ever. Like, they're just amazing. But there are just certain few who were still, you know, old school. And, you know, because I started to become a little more Americanized, because that's all I knew, right? So I started getting kind of bullied and harassed by by the mayor, my uh, Asian, my Lao friend and family members. And so so then that led me to running away. <laughs> so at so at the age of 15, I ran away. I ran away to Kansas City. And I share that story here. I ran away to Kansas City. And so um, you guys, I won't tell you the rest because you'll have to read the book. And I'm probably out of my time right now. So, but you'll have to read the book and, and you'll find out what happened. But full circle now, you know, if you have kids or you have teenagers, don't lose hope on them as teenagers because just don't lose hope when they're teenagers because if you're like, you know, making the wrong decisions or anything like that, they'll, they'll come around. But 
But yes, so hope you enjoyed the book. Those of you who have already read it, some of you brought it, brought it here and signed them. But thank you so much for allowing me this opportunity. I didn't know I was gonna have this time, so I didn't have a speech or anything, but thank you, thank you. And then the strings that you have now 
uh, we're going to do a blessing with signifies unity. Mm -hmm. And the uh, silver bowl just brings everything together as a foundation. It's a foundation that brings all those things together. And um, uh, usually um, a wise man or somebody who performed the ceremony, calling the spirits and calling all the um, good guardians and to come bless us. And then we will bless each other with the strengths. So with that, uh, let's go back to yours. Um, I will need a volunteer so I can show you how to do it. Uh, any volunteers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
we didn't know any English, but we saw, but we settled here. And then once we settled, then we sponsored our families to come as well. And you know, uh, in my house, there's probably five families living in that you know mm -hmm. three-bedroom apartment um, at, at one time. So families came, and then we got them settled. They move out, and then more families, more families come. And so it, it's not just our family that did that. A lot of people did that. Mm -hmm. So.
water uh, ponds and flowers, and it's very serene, very peaceful. Um, so if you get a chance, uh, go visit there. Um, and you know, fast forward, um, we did a first Lao International uh, Conference on Lao Studies in 2005. Um, we hosted our first um, Lao uh, Lao Writers Summit in 2008. Um, uh, Alun Pen and I uh, and other parents uh, established a uh, Lao New Summer Camp. Now it's called Multi-Educational Outreach Foundation. Um, so we changed the name from Lao Summer Camp to a Multi-Educational Foundation to include other cultures as well. So, um, and that uh, program is strong now. We have sports program with it. It's, it's amazing. We started with this, you know, 20 something students. We were gonna do it in my backyard. <laughs> but we ended up doing it at, at a temple for a few years and then we moved to um, the church where the location is now. Um, so uh, fast forward a lot and um, 2017, uh, he, uh, Lao Yi again, uh, established an organization called uh, Nansa, which is a, we teach um, uh, dance and music. And then we took the kids back to Laos, nine, nine kids, yeah, and some parents um, back to Laos and they taught, uh, they learned from the masters in, uh, in the law school arts in Yingzhan, and we also were in Mokabang, and we connected and reestablished the uh, Sister City um, uh, campaign. So we, uh, we did that in 2017. And uh, here we are today. So a lot has happened in the last four decades. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, you can talk to some of our, us here to learn what our stories are. Um, afterwards, please feel free to um, look at the display. Um, these are like wedding dresses from the uh, 90s and then the pink one from the uh, 2000s. And these are um, long outfits that um, my son used to wear for uh, festivals. Um, but mom is, uh, is a group of um, tribal group that's from Laos as well. So, and then you get newspaper uh, clippings of um, the things that happened in the last 40 years um, here. And uh, some of the artifacts here that um, you can uh, look at them and um, it, uh, you don't see this anywhere else because it's probably some of them are one of a kind as well. So with that, I'm going to conclude my speech because I talk too much. <laughs> and uh, but then to end the um, uh, to end the night, I'd like to introduce uh, bring back Jamie and Natalie for um, a dance. Uh, it's called La Mongia. It's written by a large um, long time ago. But it's about uh, a young man uh, going off to war and saying goodbye to his love, which is something similar to our story here. So, Jamie and
Để gửi tiền đồng lẫn tiền đồ về cho gia đình tuyệt đối an toàn